0: Good morning, Mission View. Great to see all of you this morning. My name's Matt. If uh, you're new here this morning or if you're joining us online for the first time, I'm the pastor here at Mission View Church and so glad you've joined us this morning for worship. Man, what a time it has been. Um, Last week, we started a new sermon series um, entitled, What Would God Say About... And um, Pastor Craig Peters, who is actually one of uh, the missionaries that we support, uh, he's with Equip Ministries. You heard a little bit about that last week if you were here. If not, let me fill you in just a little bit. Equip Ministries goes around the world equipping pastors that don't have access to good Bible training. So, Uh, Pastor Craig Peters, uh, he's on staff uh, at Maranatha Bible Church, which is the church that planted Mission View Church. So uh, it was awesome uh, to have uh, one of our missionaries here actually sharing the word with us. And Craig is a phenomenal preacher, um, and it was was amazing. So if you weren't here or you didn't get to watch it online, you can actually go to missionviewchurch.org, and you can go back and watch the sermon that uh, Pastor Craig gave. It was Really, really good. So it was on um, sexual sin. Powerful, powerful sermon. Encourage you to check that out. Today we are going to be talking about parenting. I love kids. Anybody here love kids? Any parents here? Any kids here? Do you have a, any? Anybody here have parents? Anybody? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's this relationship that, that is all over the place, right? We're either a kid or we have parents. We're, you know, we have kids or we are kids. So, um, this sermon, we're going to be talking about what God says about parenting. And I just, I love kids. I have three kids. My kids are getting older now. My son. It'll be 22 in October. Uh, my daughter Adeline, she'll be 19 in August, and Emma uh, just turned 17, and um, she is learning to drive right now, so we're at that, that crazy stage where you're sitting in the passenger seat holding on for dear life to your seatbelt and those handles that are, are made for when you teach your kids. If you didn't know, there's handles in your car. On the right side, as you're sitting in the pastor's seat, those are specifically put there by car manufacturers for when you teach your kids to drive. So you can hold on for dear life, you know, as they go through the stop sign. But anyways, uh, we, I just love kids. I remember when my son was born and the miracle, like we just sang that song, Miracles, but the miracle of life. I, I remember sitting in the hospital room and seeing Noah come to life. Right there in front of me, this, this miracle of birth. And I, I remember the, the instant thought I had was, how can someone believe there isn't a God? How, I mean, after seeing and witnessing and the nine months of excitement and anticipation and, and see that beautiful baby boy, I, how, I just thought to myself, how can someone not believe that there is a God? That, that this miracle of life is a picture of the majesty, the power, and the greatness of God. I, and I, I love, you know, as you have the, your first baby and, and you, you take them out, you, you go into the hospital, two people, and you come out three. And it's this paradigm shift that really rocks your world, right? You know, for me, it was, it was oh my gosh, what am I going to do? what what is all this this weight of responsibility and this terrified thing like i'm walking out and i remember thinking to myself where's the instruction manual you know you go through these these birthing classes and all this other stuff but then you leave it, it, there's nothing you know there's there's no book there's no online course there's you have a new life in your i mean in your hands and they just send you home i remember thinking what are we going to do? I, I, I hold him the first time. I'm like, he's so fragile, I'm going to break him. You know, I was terrified, you know, and um, but you get home and it's it's like probably a good six months before you get a full night's sleep. But you love kids, right? We, we love our kids and it's worth it. The, the lack of sleep and the, the foggy brain that goes along with it and and sure enough, soon enough, they, they turn 12 months old and they start crawling, you know, or they're walking around and they're, they, they, it seems as if they crawl at the speed of light. Has anybody ever experienced that? And, it's, and, and they're going after things they shouldn't be going after. So you have to, this is the point where you're like, oh, yes, I do need to childproof my house. And you're putting those little plastic things in all your outlets and you're locking all the cabinets in the kitchen. And it's amazing how all this childproofing that, that kids figure it out faster than we do. I remember trying to get one of the, the, the doors open in the cabinets in the kitchen and having the hardest time getting it open and then coming in um, an hour later, Noah's inside the cabinet. I'm like, how would he do this, you know? And we just, it just, we just go crazy trying to protect our kids. But then soon enough, they're off to their first day of school, right? And that's when the tears come. You know, they're going off to their first day of school and you're like, man, we've, we've worked so hard to get up to this point. And off they go and you wipe the tears from your eyes and they have their first day of preschool or whatever it is. And next thing you know, they're in elementary school and, and they, they have friends now. And they want to have overnighters and they want to go and do all these different things. And then, then we get pr- protective again. You know, who, who are these, these friends that you have, you know, what kind of influence, you know, what, what, what kind of influence are we bringing into our child's life when we try and protect him through that, and, and then junior high hits, and you're like, what is going on, and what happened to my kid? You know, there's, there's this thing called hormones, and they are all over the map. I mean, they come in one day like, Dad, man, I love you. You know, you're the best dad ever. And then the next day it's like, why am I here? Why have you brought me to this plant? You know, and it's just this crazy, crazy, you know, season of life where kids are trying to figure themselves out and they're growing at, at speeds unknown, you know. <laughs> they're drinking three, three gallons of milk a week and you're like, what is happening? And, and then they go to high school and they're driving cars, like I said, the terrifying time. And then our kids become adults, right? They turn 18. You know, they could sign up for the military. They could carry a gun. They could, you know, go off and do their thing. And then they go to college, and they're, they're out of the house. And you're like, this, you look at your spouse, and you say, this, honey, this is what we've worked for. And just a couple years later, they're come back. And they're back in your house, right? You're like, we're empty nesters. No, we're not. No, you're not. You know, parenting never ends, does it? Parenting continues on. You have an amazing opportunity to, to speak into your kids' lives and, and have, have a pivotal relationship that not only changes your kids, but changes you. And you know, that's what we're going to find out as we look into God's Word in Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to, we're going to see that, that parenting and what God has to say about parenting has just as much to do with parents as it does kids. Let's pray before we read God's Word this morning. Father, we thank you for your Word. And God, we thank you for our kids and we thank you for our parents. And Father, these, these relationships that we have are difficult relationships, It's not always easy raising kids or being a kid. So, Father, as we look into your word, we pray that you would change our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would do the miraculous work of changing our hearts. That's something only you can do, God. So so we give you all rule and reign in our lives, and we pray that you would have your way right now in us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Psalms 127, three through five, it says this. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gates. Now, as we jump into Ephesians chapter six here, there's one thing I kind of want us to to wrap our minds around as we're looking to what God says about this relationship. And it's this, is that God intends for our family relationships to be for our joy and our sanctification. God intends for our family relationships to be for our joy and our sanctification. That word sanctification just basically means change or growth. That God's going to use these relationships to change us and, and, and grow us into the people that he's called us to be. I haven't found a scripture yet that says parenting is easy and that it's always happy and that you're going to be worry-free, that your kids will always obey every word that you say. And as you parent and, and, and put these biblical principles to, to work in your life, that your kids will fall in line perfectly all the time. There's no scripture that says that. So what we have here is this this truth from God's word and applying it to our lives and to our kids' lives and then this this really cool opportunity to parent our kids and see what happens in that relationship and what happens in us as we do it too. It's it's this really, really cool stuff. Let's jump to Ephesians chapter 6. And look at our scripture that we're going to be going through today. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land. It goes on and says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction. Of the Lord. Go ahead and underline that last verse, verse 4. Fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. In my Bible, I have that discipline and instruction circled, even after I've underlined that other verse. The first fill-in in in your notes today, if if you came in, or online you can grab them now. Um, the notes is this: is that children are to obey and honor their parents. Children are to obey and honor their parents. All right, I see we've got a bunch of kids in here, and that's great. I'm going to talk to the kids for just a minute, okay? you ready, kids? All right, here we go. I know you're drawing your pictures and you're coloring and everything. You ready for this? Here's your memory verse for this week, okay, kids? Say, say Say this with me or after me. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Can you say that? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's pretty good. Let's try it one more time. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Okay, now that's your memory verse for this week, all right? So mom and dad are going to be saying that every day to you, <laughs> right? There you go, parents, you're welcome. You are welcome. Now that is a great verse, and it says that it comes with a promise, that it may go well with you, and you may live long in the land. Here's what this means, kids. Stick with me here, little guys. This is what this means, is that God loves you. And God has has plans for your life. The Bible says that before you were born that God had set aside good things for you to do. And when God tells us uh, to do things in our lives, what he's doing is he's looking out for us. He's protecting us. So God loves you and he's protecting you. And one of the ways that he does that is he says, obey your mom and dad. So when you obey your mom and dad, you're not just obeying the Lord, but you're coming under his promise that it may go well with you. Now, that's, that is a great thing. So kids, obey your parents. What does it mean to obey? And parents, follow along with me here as I'm talking to the kids too. First of all, obedience, obeying your parents, is more than just doing what you're told. Obedience is more than just doing what you're told. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. So this whole idea of obedience according to Christ is is that it, it goes hand in hand with the love that we have for the Lord and the love that God has for us. We don't obey out of some strange obligation. We obey out of a gratitude, thankfulness, and love for what God has done for us through the person of Jesus Christ. Obedience is a response to the grace, mercy, and goodness of God. Another thing about obedience is it brings up a really hard word for us, a really difficult word for us to kind of live out in our lives, and it's this, trust. To obey someone, there has to be a level of trust in us. Think about it. When, when mom and dad tell you to do something that you don't want to do, or mom and dad tell you no to something that you really want, that's hard to hear, isn't it? And kids, let me tell you, mom and dad don't like to hear the word no either. Just letting you in on a secret. No never becomes really that easy to listen to. It's hard. But we have to trust that God knows what's best for us. You know, it's interesting. In our world today, we try and change our culture, not we the church, but our culture tries to change what we can do. You don't choose your parents. That's just one thing you don't have a say in. Now, you may be out there going, that's that's good news. Mom and dad were great. This is awesome. Or you may be sitting out there going, you're right, I didn't have a choice. I wish I would have. And when we talk about those kinds of relationships and the difficulty of of growing up in an abusive household, or... On the other end of the spectrum, the joy of growing up in a Christ-centered household. We have these these huge, huge uh, comparisons that we have a tendency to make with our family life and then how that helps us interpret or view our life in Christ. We have a heavenly father, but we have an earthly father. And so oftentimes we view our Heavenly Father through this shaded glass that our earthly fathers were. My dad just passed away a few months ago. He was a wonderful man. I wish all of you had the chance to meet him. And he, was, he loved the Lord. He spent tons of time in God's Word, and he was, he was just a great guy to be around. But as awesome of a dad he was, as 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 Christ-centered as he lived his life to be, his love for me pales in comparison to God's love for me. So even when I have this this healthy, healthy father in my life, and, and I'll be honest, he was human, so he made mistakes and he sinned, right? No matter how perfect your dad is, I can guarantee you he's not perfect, perfect, like God is perfect, right? So we always bring this preconceived idea of what a father is and what a father is meant to be and what we do as christians is we go to god's word and we read about who god is we read about how he interacts with us and how he loves us how he disciplines us and how he you know speaks truth to us and we we, it, we just can't help it sometimes i think we have this tendency to bring that preconceived idea of dad into this heavenly relationship. And like I said, whether it's really, really good or really, really bad or somewhere in between, there is always some type of disconnect. So what I want to encourage you with is to to go to the relationship with God our Father according to His word, according to who He says He is, And then, as we talk about obeying and honoring and and these kinds of things, and we look at that relationship with God our Father, it changes things. Because whether, whether you had a really rough time growing up with your dad or you had a really amazing time growing up with your dad, God is not your dad. God is God your Father, and He is perfect. So when he says he loves you and he's going to protect you, he's going to love you and protect you perfectly and amazingly. Children are to obey and honor their parents. And parents, we are to obey and honor our father. And we honor our, father, our mothers and fathers here on earth as well, right? Our parents are always our parents and we need to honor them. Now we could, I could get into a whole other sermon on that, but let's move on. As we parent our kids and we, we share truth with them and we correct them and, and we want them to obey, there is always a little bit of pushback on that. And I love how Paul Tripp said it. He says this, he says, If your eyes ever see or your ears ever hear the sin, weakness, and failure of your children, it is never an accident, hassle, or interruption, It is always grace. God loves those children, and God wants to use you for grace and rescue for them. I kind of pared that statement down and said it this way. Our children's sinfulness is not an interruption. It's an opportunity. Our children's sinfulness is not an interruption. It's an opportunity. So oftentimes as we're raising our kids and, and we're, we're trying to raise them up in God's word in the way that they should go and they disobey, we, become, we have a tendency to, to personalize it like it's a personal attack against us. And then we, you know, tempers can flare and we can, we can think more. Let me paint a picture for you. You're out to lunch. You know, you're having this nice lunch with, with your family and maybe a couple friends, right? And um, little Timmy, three, four years old, wants ice cream. But we're not having ice cream today. But Timmy really, really, really wants ice cream. When you say no, sometimes our kids can throw what we call temper tantrums, right? In the middle of a restaurant, which is always fun. That's my favorite time of the day. When my kids throw the, you know, like, like the blood-curdling scream, getting out of their high chair, throwing themselves onto the floor, banging their heads on the floor, and then really screaming and crying, temper tantrum. Those are great, aren't they? Oh, your kids never did that? It was just mine? Okay, okay. No, I mean, this, kids, you know, have these instances where you're dealing with, with really hard things. Now, there's a couple different ways we can look at this, you know, as you know, as Paul Tripp was pointing out, this is a great opportunity to raise our kids in the truth of God's word and grace and mercy, and this is a great learning opportunity for our kids. But I can remember, <laughs> I can remember, I, I can't even remember which kid it was, but I remember being in a restaurant and the, the whole temper tantrum thing comes in, right, like full-on, blood curdling scream. Here's my thought. My first initial thought was. Is everybody seeing this? Oh, my gosh. I was immediately embarrassed. What went wrong right there? I just made an opportunity to parent, godly parent my kids in grace and mercy and instruction in the Lord, and I made it about me, right? But that's kind of when we're put under pressure, and let me tell you, temper tantrums, they continue on. That happens just differently when they're teenagers. But when temper tantrums happen, that's when pressure's put on us, that is kind of our our flesh leaning, that's our natural leaning is uh-oh, what about me? What am I gonna do? This is all about me. I've got to, I have to somehow solve this embarrassing situation and 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 make this look better for me, right? Instead of the right type of thinking and saying, God, what are you doing in this? How can I I speak to my child right now in a way that will model God's love for them? What kind of correction do I take? And, you know, a lot of that goes with um, how we know our kids. Like, you know your kids like nobody else does. I mean, you're raising them. You see how they respond to discipline. They, they, you see how they respond to a kind word. You see how they respond to a corrective word, a strong word. You see how they respond to, to discipline in your life. And you have to work through how to parent them right. And it's impossible to do that if you're just worried about embarrassment or worried about me. And, and when we're put under pressure, I'm telling you, that's one of the most difficult things to do. Under a time of pressure, think about others rather than yourself. One of the most difficult things to do. But as you prayerfully raise your kids and ask God, the Holy Spirit, to change the way you parent, the way you see these types of opportunities in your kid's life, God will change how you respond to pressure. It's an amazing, miraculous thing that only God, the Holy Spirit, can do. So do you see how this relationship and many relationships God is using to grow us and change us and make us the people that he's called us to be in so many different areas? All right, let's move on into point number two. Now, point number two and three are going to be based out of that verse four, and it's bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We're going to talk about discipline and instruction for just a little bit here. The second fill-in is this, discipline is practiced and consistent. Discipline is practiced and consistent. I did sort of a play on words here. Now let me explain. There's two types of discipline. The first is to correct or admonish, saying, hey, you're going the wrong way, doing the wrong things. I'm going to step in and correct your course of action here. Where We are going to have a massive course correction right now. And then this other one is discipline in the way of being disciplined with our time and actions kind of like an olympic athlete is disciplined they watch every calorie they eat they wake up um, a specific time every day to go and work out and do what they're supposed to do i mean they lead amazingly disciplined lives as we talk about discipline there's one thing we have to keep in mind and that's this we cannot change our kids we do not have the power to change our children we have no power to change selfishness and sin in our kids we can't change our kids hearts but we can connect our kids to the one who can Our parenting is not about us changing or controlling or manipulating our kids, but rather connecting them to the one who's going to get past all of the actions and acting out to their very heart and motivations behind what's going on. Now, you may be sitting out there thinking, I can control my kids pretty good. You know, I've got this set up and this set up and this set up. We can put in all types of behavior modifications and we can give them all types of tools to to work around issues that they're having in their lives, but we cannot change their hearts. Behavior modification is a band-aid on a bullet wound. Heart modification done by the creator of the universe is a lifelong change. Only he can do it. Now, mom and dad, this is your opportunity to connect your kids with the creator of the universe. All of our parenting has to be pointing towards the one who can change us. Now, we can give them useful tools. You know, if if it's anger counting to 10 and all these other things, you know, we can give them useful practical tools. But beyond that, underneath that, above all that and filling all that in, all the gaps of that in is connecting them with their creator, the one who can change them the experiences that we've had. And Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says this. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> you read that and you're like, Ouch, man. Jeremiah, what you, what's going on here? This is actually the Lord speaking. And then he answers himself and he says, I the Lord. Search the heart, test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. God knows our hearts. He knows what lies behind the words and the actions. He knows our very motivations. Sometimes we don't even know what's going on in there. God knows. And that is such good news. It's like terrifying and good. Like he knows me that well. But he knows me that well. That means he knows what is best for me. He knows the things that that need to come into my life. He knows the struggles that I need to work through to build and and strengthen my faith. He knows the, the difficulties that need to come into our lives with our kids. And he allows those things for their growth and for our growth and for his kingdom and for our good. He knows the joys and the successes that will come along and encourage us and build us up and grow us up. God knows all of it. All of the uncertainty that we have with our kids. I mean, we share the gospel with them. We we raise them up in the way they they should go, the Bible says. We do all of these things. And in the end, there you go, they're going to make their own decisions. They're going to make their own choices. And the more we try and step in and get our hands around what they're doing, what they're saying, controlling them and and manipulating and all these different things, when it comes to releasing them and freeing them to be the people that God has called them to be, it's a mess. It's a mess. We want to control them even when they move out. What we need to realize is we are God's ambassadors. Mom and dad, you are God's ambassadors. We are meant to represent and connect our children to the king of kings. And we need to connect them to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. This is key. Listen, listen here. This is, this is key. We tend to raise our kids with the law do this, don't do that, act this way, talk this way, study this way, and you'll get the prize. Now, I understand we need to have healthy boundaries for our kids. Absolutely. I'm not saying don't set any boundaries or don't do any of those things. Absolutely set boundaries. But when we say those kinds of things, and they fail or sin or act out in any way, and we sinfully drop the hammer of anger and frustration, in that very moment, in that very moment, we are believing that the law could do something only grace can. We have, to, we have to raise our kids, parent our kids in the gospel. This is such a challenge. It is such a challenge for us as parents. One, because of personal issues we're working through and selfishness that we have a tendency to lean towards, that God's changing in us. The other part is, is, is really speaking to our kids on a level they can hear us and understanding them and meeting them where they're at. In Romans 2 4, it says, God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. We are meant to be instruments of God's grace, and grace is giving our kids what they need not always what they deserve. There's a difference. Giving them what they need, not always what they deserve. Sometimes they deserve a spanking. (laughs) But sometimes they don't need a spanking. Right? Sometimes they need a strong reprimand. Sometimes they need a hug. There's so many different ways we can work that in to our kids' lives. I heard it said this way one time. I found this statement to be very helpful. I can't remember who said it, but they said, a hardened heart needs the law, but a broken heart needs grace. It's getting to the point in that relationship with our kids when we see a hardened heart and we bring Law into their life. The law was given to reveal our need for Christ. Finding that time and and when to really give them the law and when to give them grace. Don't expect the law to do what only grace can. The law without grace brings condemnation, the law with grace brings transformation. Let's go on to our last point. That's this parents should be teaching and instructing their children in light of the gospel. And this is that key that I was talking about in the second point. We have to remember the gospel in our parenting. In fact, all of our parenting has to be based in the gospel. What is the gospel? It is the good news. Gospel means good news. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's this, that Jesus Christ left heaven, humbled himself, became a man, was obedient to the point of death on the cross. He lived a perfect life that you and I can't live, right? I haven't met a perfect person yet. None of us, the Bible says that all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, we need, every single person on this planet needs a savior, and that savior is Jesus Christ. And that's the good news, that he came. And he loves you so much that God sent his only son to die a sinner's death that you and I deserve. You and I deserved the cross, but Christ took it for us. He died, was buried, and on the third day rose again, conquering sin and death for you and me. And in so doing, he made a way for you and me to be in right relationship with our Father. Now it's that realization, that grace and mercy, and while I was yet a sinner, God died, Christ died for me. Realizing that I was broken and separated, and God loved me so much that He sent Jesus. That's the gospel, and that's what we have to bring into our parenting. We love them so much. We want to share with them this grace and mercy and have those real conversations. Listen, son, listen. I I know what you're going through. I've been there. I've been there. God loves you. My, My daughter, my son, God loves you. He doesn't want to take the joy out of your life. He doesn't want to take all the fun things away from you. He created them. He he wants joy in your life. But you you don't find joy in that kind of action. You may find fleeting, temporary joy that is fake. But God wants to give you lasting, lifelong, life-changing joy. And you can only find it in Jesus. Let Let me tell you how I found it. Let me tell you how I found this joy and amazing mercy and grace that's changed me. Parenting in light of the gospel. We, we have to give to our kids what's been given to us. Now draw those healthy boundaries. Parent our kids well. But do all of it in light of the grace and mercy of God shown to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Parenting the gospel with our kids. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for Jesus. The grace and mercy that you've shown us when we didn't deserve it. Unmerited favor, God, you gave to us. Because you are good and you love us. So Father, help us to be those kinds of parents. Help us to know when to to bring the law. Help us to know when to bring grace. Help us to, to love our kids well. To bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And Father, right now, I just, I give you my kids. Father, we give you our children. They are yours. And we pray that you would give us wisdom and courage to raise them in the way you would have us raise them. We surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen.